Hello and welcome back to the Steph Borton Show. Oh my God, guys, I am bringing you a real life celebrity today. One of my all-time favorite Instagram accounts to follow, the genius that is Matthew Landers, an international award-winning florist, founder of the Matthew Landers Academy, which is one of Australia's leading floristry training providers and ultimate snack fluencer. Hi, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. What an introduction. I'll have to use that again for something else, please. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I actually, I mean, I love everything that you do, but I really, really, really love the snack fluencing. How did that come about? I actually saw the other day that you drove like 80Ks. I did. I literally drove, did an 80K round trip for like some ice cream filled donut. Like, I don't know. I've, I always think I put a lot of time and money into this body. You know, it certainly wasn't built on, on trays and it requires maintenance, you know? And it's like, if you're going to be fat for life, you may as well share the journey. And it's like, I hate wasting time. So, you know, if I drive to a bakery or something like that and I'm like, well, that was shit. I would rather just let other people know, do not waste your time driving all the way to that bakery. Yeah. So just be careful what you put out on social media, guys, because if you're attracting Matthew down to your bakery, you're going to yeah. <laughs> If it's shit, I'll tell you. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. My, my rule actually is if it is shit, I just don't post about it. Oh, that's very kind of yeah, you. Yeah. I just don't post about it. <laughs> Such a gentleman. <laughs> so <laughs> who is Matthew Landers uh, and what does a day in your life look like? Uh, well, I'm basically an icon, um, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> nah, a day in my life. I mean, you know, six months ago to now, it's it looks very different because I've just closed all my retail stores. So, yeah, my life definitely looks a little bit different to what it did. But for now, it's actually the best it's been in years and years and years because I'm focused back on doing what I do best. And that's me and my product and my brand. And yeah, I'm in a really great space because I can kind of teach when I want and do what what I want, when I want. And yeah, my cup is really full at the moment. Oh, that is so nice. And I think often, you know, growth is fun. And so we just yeah. keep growing and growing and growing yeah. and growing. And then one day you're like, oh, wow, okay. It was fun to grow, but now I have to actually run all of yeah. this and manage all of this and yeah. do all of this. And it's so good because I have the perspective of, you know, going through that growth period from literally me darting out completely broke and young and all of those things to then building this mammoth and then realizing uh, it doesn't bring me joy anymore, you know, like it, for me personally. And I think it really actually takes some balls to just identify that and just go, you know what, I'm out, I'm tapping out, you know, like it's, it's too much for me and life's too short, babe. You know, like we have to make sure that we are brought joy to ourselves first every single day. So that's my biggest life lesson this year. And thank you for giving everyone else permission as well, because yeah, it's okay to change direction at any point. And I recently just shut down a $400,000 revenue stream as well, uh, because it wasn't bringing me joy anymore. And it was taking too much away from the rest of my life, which wasn't- And you ship bullets when you do it, because you're like, oh. what on earth am I doing? You know, this Crazy. is- Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to regret this. Yeah, yeah. And you have to let people down. Like you would have had to have, you know, that many retail stores, you would have had- All my staff. Yeah. That's it. You know, and yeah. that, but the interesting thing was, is like when I went to my team members and said, this is how I'm feeling. And this is kind of where I would like to go and what I would like to do. They were like, we support you. You do what you have to do. You've given us the best opportunity while we worked for you. And we, you know, my staff that worked for me will go and be able to work anywhere now. So it's, yeah, like it's, it's amazing when you actually put it out to the universe, what you truly feel you underestimate maybe the support that you do actually have because mm -hmm. you, you doubt it in yourself. And then, yeah, it's a good place to be. 
Oh, I love that. And con- so congratulations. And I'm glad. Yeah. Really congratulations good. on shutting down your retail business. Yeah. That's really good of you. <laughs> um, we're just calling it consolidating and it's, yeah. smart. it's smart. A restructure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what did you sell as your very first dollar as an entrepreneur? Oh, Jesus. I mean, so just for perspective, like I was in business with my mum first and when I was really, really young. And then I went and lived overseas for a while. And then when I came back, I was like, right, I'm going to do this all on my own terms. And I had a completely different perspective and definitely a new direction and how I guess I wanted to disrupt the industry a little bit because of how I believed I was positioned. So when I first started, I actually, I actually remember my very first sale um, when I opened up the retail shop. It was actually a single red rose. And I remember spending so long on this bloody single red rose. And then I said to this bloke, I was like, it's $10, thank you. And he, he looked at me like, what? Like $10 for a single red rose? Because this is, you know, like 10 years ago. And I was like, yeah, John, 10 bucks. And he parted with the $10. And I was just like, okay, well, if I can get it from some nobody wearing high viz that's got no idea how much shit costs i can get it from anyone it looks like it was worth ten dollars it was worth ten dollars you know so wow, it'd yeah. be worth forty dollars yeah now it's worth more but yeah it's it, you know it's just yeah having that commitment i guess i think commitment's the key word to that sort of starting you know that first sale where you're just mm-hmm. like you know you have to start somewhere so mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit for any of the listeners who don't know you which is rude so rude rude <laughs> Please go and right. look at Matthew yeah. Landers' Instagram account because it's my favorite account to follow. It is just the most perfect balance between just gorgeous, glamorous luxury and then just fart jokes. And yeah, I love a fart joke. I love a fart joke. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I love and it's just it's such a joy to watch. My I think. I actually think that my fiance has a crush on you. Oh, bless! I've had a few man crushes over the years. It's cute. I bet you have. Yeah, yeah it's cute. Timmy always is like, I told him, I was like, I'm on a podcast today with Matthew Landers. And he was like, oh my God, can I come in and say hi? <laughs> I was like, please don't be weird. Oh, uh, you're a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your background. Like how did you become the world's greatest florist? The world's greatest florist. You're funny. Um, so for me, I grew up in a family business. I grew up in my mum's business. Never, ever, ever wanted to be a florist. But I was just really good at it. It was very natural. It's very much in my DNA. And yeah, sort of working as a junior in mum's business from like, I don't I was, I was I was mature. I grew up with adults. So, you know, starting at like age 10, 11, I was sort of doing stuff in the shop on weekends to help. And yeah, I actually did my first like floristry competition as like a novice level when I was 13. So I started really young, like, you know, trying to put myself out there and just, I think it was more about building confidence in myself, really. Mm-hmm. And I just honed in on that skill. And then, you know, I hated school. So I finished at the end of year 10. And because I'm born in December, I'd only just turned 15. And then I went and did a traineeship in floristry. So I was sort of fully qualified by the time I was 16. Went and worked outside of the family business for a couple of years and then went into business with my mother. And, you know, even all these years later, you know, I'm 35 now. Like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily my calling as such, floristry or floral design. I don't know if it's necessarily my calling. Um, I know that I'm very good at it and I know that it's very natural to me. It's quite effortless, but does it bring me joy on that level of like I wake up every morning and I feel completely fulfilled being a florist? No. You know, so there might actually be something else in the universe for me that will tick that box for me. I don't know. But I'm very content doing it because I enjoy it and I know how much joy it brings to others. So that's kind of my backstory, you know. But yeah, I 
have won a lot of competitions. You know, like I, I did a lot of competitive floristry when I was very young. And, you know, I won Australian Florist of the Year the first time when I was only 17. So I was very familiar with things like tall poppy syndrome and all of that sort of stuff. And my mum was quite a decorated florist as well. So, you know, it was often in her shadow and, you know, things like that. So I don't know, there's a whole heap of backstory as such when it comes to me and the industry and all that sort of stuff. But I've had to really sort of put the blinkers on and just be like, you know what, babes, I'm, I'm doing me over here. Yeah. You do you, you say what you want, you do what you want, I'm doing me. Because the industry has really like shot up. I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah. in the last, yeah, I don't has. know how long you yeah. would. Social media, that. social media, literally social media, because it became instant. So, you know, I can think of pre-social media when, you know, we would wait for a magazine to come out once every three months and we would die when, you know, the postie dropped off that factual that you knew was that magazine. Whereas like social media, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, all of that changed it because it was instant, instant. No matter where you were around the world, you were watching someone's creativity in real time. Mm. So that I think highlighted a lot of creatives, not just in my industry, in a lot of industries. Yeah. And I feel like the actual dreaded vintage wedding trend and sort of that rustic wedding trend that we saw like probably from about 12 years ago to about nine years ago where every man and his dog was doing a flower crown and it was all of that sort of stuff (laughs) but that put flowers in the hands of people and then of course that put flowers on the heads of people which then became a selfie which then was on social media so yeah i would totally agree that that's sort of how the industry as a whole has become more visible i think Totally. And Mm. this was totally off topic and not in any of the questions I was going to ask you, but the beautiful, wonderful pandemic, (laughs) that was a nightmare for your industry. I I just think I just want to open, I mean, I think, look, it was a nightmare for everyone of industries. My industry was luckily very fine, but for yours, especially what can you tell us a little bit about what, because the price of flowers went up astronomically, right? Like, like actual eye-watering and just to the point where it's like um that was definitely one of the, the reasons for example where i was like this is not fun anymore this is not bringing me joy anymore yeah um, so the last wedding that i did pre-pandemic was that long weekend in march that we have here in perth and it was actually on the 28th of february was the wedding 2020 and the roses that i had bought for that wedding so what i would have paid then as a florist for those roses compared to what they were just a month ago was nearly it's nearly three times higher you know and it's just to to the point where like i get so in my head about it because i'm i'm like what we would need to charge for some of the stuff that we now have to sort of i guess pass on the cost as you like i've literally had people look at me thinking i'm lying to them you know that i'm just putting a price on it because it's got my name on it i'm like no babes like legit this is what it costs like there are other alternatives but this is where we're at so yeah the supply chain itself was a nightmare but the cost more than anything it became just so unpredictable and like i i lost almost a quarter of a million dollars in wedding revenue in in the last two years and also a big part of that was because we had already quoted on a lot of things and the costs just skyrocketed so yeah, it, it's it's a shit show. It's a total I saw show. a lot of that happening. A, a, a lot, obviously. I mean, you know, the wedding industry itself was just knocked so hard. But mm-hmm. you know, I saw a lot of my friends getting married, and then their florists who had underquoted anyway because 
they were just getting started in their niche or whatever. So they didn't have that pricing space to be able to, I guess, move. They didn't have the profitability to move, which is guys what we always talk about, making sure you're putting profit on top of your margins. Absolutely. But no amount of profit would have covered the cost of a three times increase. No. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. It's just like, it got to the point where it was just like, it it is actually now costing money to do pre-booked weddings. Mm. Literally. And I wanted to have that conversation today because I just wanted people to know if you are buying flowers, if you are getting married and and looking at getting a florist in, like the cost is going to be different to what it was two years ago. So, yeah. uh, The cost will be different to what it was a year ago as well. Like it really has become, you know, when you go out to a restaurant and, you know, the fish of the day always says like MP for market price, that's literally what flowers have become. It's like we're, we're now working with what I would truly call a market price. Everything's changing so frequently, like fruit and veggie. It's changing all the time. So rather than having easily stabilized prices for decades and to, to have it working at market price has been very, very difficult. Yeah, crazy. Now, yeah. I wanted to dive in on, you, you mentioned it just before about, you know, they thought that it was just because you had the Matthew Landers. Yeah. The, the name on it. Now, you are known, obviously... Mm. Your arrangements and installations are absolutely breathtaking. Thank For you. those of you who haven't looked at your Instagram, please go and have a look right now. But you've obviously worked overseas with incredible A-list mm-hmm. events and, you know, in Perth, you cater for like some of the most luxurious weddings. Yeah, A-list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A-list, babe. Yeah, totally. So yeah. did you always have in mind that you wanted to play in the high-end market? No, not at all. It's just like, to be honest, it's where I feel at home. And the truth of the matter actually is, and I was having this discussion with a client of mine the other day, I was standing in her foyer and we're chatting. Yeah, literally. And we're chatting. Yeah, and we're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're chatting away. And I, I, we were just chatting really candidly. And, and I love her. And we were just like, I said, the reason that I get on with so many people and I'm so relatable and stuff like that is because people can live in these marble-clad mansions. And I actually don't even see it, if that makes sense. Like, I walk in and I'm just like, oh, it's a house. You know, like, and I, it's, it might be a beautiful house and the decor might be really stunning. But, like, I just see people and places. Like, I'm not woed or trying to, you know, like, brown nose people with money. I don't need to. You know, I just don't need to. I'm so confident in my ability and I'm so confident in the product that I'm offering. I'm like, babe, if you want to, I don't care if you're in brown brick squalor in Armadale or if you're on the water in Peppermint Grove, I'll I'll come. I'll come. You know, like don't care where you are. Everyone's money's the same color. So I think that's actually been my secret source is is having that relatability. And rich people, like actually truly rich people, do not like to be treated like rich people. Yeah. It's actually yuppies that really live on credit and, you know, sit in that kind of 100 to 150K income that think they're wealthy but are really not. They're drowning in debt. It's those people that want you to, you know, pander to them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I try and bypass them as much as possible because they're what I would just call my, um, they're just my standard orders as such, Mm -hmm. that demographic. The people that sit well above that are literally my cult following. You know, the people that just call and say, Matthew, I need some flowers for this, this, and this. And money's never discussed. Yeah. It's just beautiful. just charge my card. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, And I never really wanted that. It's just what it became. And I think that that actually just becomes a trust game. They trust me. They trust that I'm going to do what they want. And did you, have, you mentioned confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, obviously, you've been doing this since you were, you know, I looked on your website and it said uh, you've been doing competitions since 1999. Yep. And I, I did kind of the math on it. And I was like... That's not possible. How old is this bitch? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what is he? But yeah. you actually started so young. So that makes yeah. so much sense. Do you think that starting that young helped you build that confidence? Or do you think confidence was something mm. that you built in life lessons along the way? 
I would say life lessons because I think because I was shot down so much as a young person because everyone was so jealous and that tall poppy syndrome and everything, I actually became not confident at all. And I, I just had to sort of find that internal strength to um, just because I don't, words of affirmation don't really mean a lot to me as such. It's just, it's more about connection with others. So I tell you how it was when I was living in Europe, I went into the MS flagship store in Paris, you know, and I thought I was a Kardashian, all that sort of shit. And were you in that 150k bracket? Uh, <laughs> n- <laughs> maybe in Australian dollars, certainly not in euros. But, um, <laughs> so I've swanned into the MS flagship thinking I'm a Kardashian and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy myself a Birkin today. Like I knew I was coming home to Australia and I was like, I'm coming home with Birkin. So as you know, you can't just buy a Birkin. However, at the flagship, they had this crocodile Birkin. And I went in and I'm speaking to this woman and I said, oh, can I have a look at this bag? And she hands me a set of gloves. And she brings the bag and she puts it down in front of me. I put the gloves on and I'm handling the bag. And I was like, yeah, it's beautiful, blah, blah. How much is it? And she looked at me and she's just like, it's 140,000 euros. And this woman was just made of stone, you know, like made of stone. And of course, I just went, oh, okay, yeah. And this is the only color you've got available. You know, I thought I'm not... (laughs) I'm not going to be like... the satisfaction yes, of telling satisfaction. her that I'd have yeah, to I'm actually mortgage broke, all of my Yeah, properties. cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually walked away from that and I thought about that moment for months and months and months afterwards because I thought her level of commitment to the brand and the product was something I had never seen before. Never, ever, ever, ever. And I thought she knew that that bag was worth 140,000 euros. She was committed to it and she was not letting it walk out the door for a dollar less you know and i thought there's a lesson to be learned here and the amount of times i've heard over the years being like you know you hear someone taking an order and i've heard it in this industry a lot and i've smacked so many people on the wrist about it and they say oh yeah the delivery fee is 28 dollars. is that okay it's like why the fuck are you asking is that okay the delivery fee is 28 dollars. period right so it's that mentality of just like, don't justify, don't justify. People are going to drive Porsche. People are going to drive Toyota Corollas. Are you a Toyota Corolla or are you a Porsche? I'm a Porsche. You know what I mean? Like, But there are room for Toyota Corollas, a lot of them. You see a lot more of them on the road. So that means in my industry, you're going to see a lot more Toyota Corollas and you're going to see Porsche Cayenne, you know? So that's the thing I think about often from that very situation, I was like, no, I belong. I belong in this industry. It's actually just about where I place myself and how much I commit to it. I love that. It's that level of commitment. Totally. And that leads me perfectly into my next question, which which is like a lot of, we've got a lot of our clients and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in the startup phase of business, a lot of the things that people struggle with is charging more than the average price. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. You know, they do the math on it. Like they're not, you know, they're not silly. They do the math on it. And especially the cost of flowers now, they absolutely yeah, have to crazy. do the math on it. Yes. But in any industry, you know, when you're looking at the market price and you know that to be profitable and you know it's to make the money that you want to make and to live your, uh, you know, dream life, mm-hmm. you have to price above the average. Not even dream life, babes, just to live a normal just life. To live a life? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, so that pricing strategy that you put into place, like how far into business did you decide, no, 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 we're going to be the best? Was it was it straight away or was it? No, no, I wouldn't say it was straight away. It definitely got tweaked along the way. I would say that I kind of entered, when I started the ML brand, which was July 2012, I would say I went in at like a cross between like kind of a country road slash Mimco level. 
where I was just like, I'm going to be just a bit better, you know, like a, a little bit better. And then the further along I got in that first kind of six months of business, I realized that I had a lot more people requesting for things that were more at what I would deem the Gucci level. And I was like, great, this is cool. This is where I'm going. You know, this is what I, what I want to do. And then I reckon about a year in, I went, right, let's just put all the cards on the table. We're going to commit to this and we're going to go fully fledged, high end, Givenchy, Cartier, Chanel. We're going to go to that level and we're just going to, we're just going to sit. And we're just going to idle, you know, and if it means that people are going to walk in the door and then walk out the door because you're, you've not got what they want or they can't afford you. It's like, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean it's expensive. Mm -hmm. So if someone can't afford you, it doesn't mean that you're too expensive. It just means that they're not your customer. Let them go. Open the door for them as they swan out the door, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. just let them go because there's someone else that will pay the price that does see the value in your product that will come in after them. Babe, if you're in business and you're not seeing the success that you want, turn up the volume right now because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So many times I see clients holding themselves back from the next level and achieving those dreams of five-figure months, working 20 hours and having leads flowing into their inbox with ease because they have stories, narratives and limiting beliefs that keep getting in their way. And I see it so clearly because I was exactly the same. I didn't believe that I could earn six figures, let alone seven, from doing what I loved. I didn't think I had the skills. I was worried about what people thought about me all the time and it was crippling. And there's always been this ever-present, deep-seated fear, what if I'm not good enough? And it held me back so often from my next levels of success and it caused so much pain along the way. If you feel awkward about showing up on sales calls, if you're worried that you're not good enough or qualified enough, if you get sucked into guilt and people-pleasing and you desperately want to believe that it gets to be easy and deep down you want to really believe that you know that it is possible, we have just launched Master Your Biz Mindset, which is an 18-module self-paced course that will help you get unstuck, get out of your own way and give you the no-fluff approach to master your mindset. And just for listening to this podcast, we're giving you a $200 discount if you use the code MINDSET200. So head to the links in the show notes below to master your mindset today. And what do you say to somebody who, because we see, and I agree so deeply, we see so many people who attach their personal worth to the prices they charge. And so sometimes I think when people say you're too expensive, there's like almost like a personal rejection that happens. Totally. What would you say to someone who is in that boat? And I I definitely feel that as well because I, you know, since I, I chose to have an eponymous business name, which was risky because I thought, well, there's only one of me, which definitely led me down the garden path of where I'm at now in terms of having too much pressure on me and going, this is too much. I can't do it. You know, like, fuck it. So I get that. The, The thing to remember is when you're in these situations about personal worth, it's like, is the product or service that you're offering, is it emotional or rational? Because like, for instance, in my industry in floristry and gift giving, it's always emotional. So you're either, even if you're buying it for yourself, you're buying it because you're happy or you're sad or whatever it is, you're giving it as a gift to somebody, whether it's selfless or not, there's emotion attached to it. You're delivering, we are in the business 
because they're delivering emotions, which then means if we fuck it up, you're dealing with someone who's emotional, which then means it's very difficult to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I wanted to go down to like the good guys and buy a washing machine and they send me the wrong one, it's not emotional at all. It's it's completely rational. It's just like, babes, you sent me the LG, I bought the Bosch. I'm so sorry. And we'll swap it over. You know, like it's jo- job done. You're inconvenienced, total pain in the ass, but you're not emotional about it. So that worth also comes back to that because if you're leading yourself into an emotionally fueled industry, you're at more risk of that. Mm. So you have to just deem yourself higher risk. So if it's about you, and you would know this, you know, you're a business coach, so you understand that it's just, it's you, you're the service, you're the product. And it's very much the same with me. It's just like people, I I answered the phone and people are just like, Matthew, as in, am am, am I speaking to Matthew? I was like, well, there's no other fucking Matthew here, darling. You know, like, (laughs) who, who do you think you're talking to, pet? And people respect that you're also working in your own business. You're not just sitting there on a throne barking orders, which is never how I've been. So I think that the self worth also comes from working the business as well. You know, like if people see that you're there and you're the inspirational leader and you're leading the army to create what is being created, then people have that respect for it. Mm. But I think especially as you bring people on, it's about empowering those people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think leading into that for you being Matthew Landers, mm. right? And so it was the same for me being, you know, Stephanie Gordon yep. and being the name of your business. Which yep. is, yeah. It's, it's, you know, there is a element of pressure there, but also, you know, it works beautifully as well because there's a beautiful mm. brand attached to it. Of course. Value, yes. personality and in your case, SAS, which I love. Yeah. But being the best in your industry, when you first brought a team member on, because mm. like, you're obviously phenomenal at what you do, and with all of those years and years and years and years and years of training, mm. was it like, oh my god, are they going to be able to do it to the Matthew Landers level? Was there was there a concern? Look, to be honest, I have only ever really hired people, not skills. Like I've definitely hired some people that have had terrible skills. But they were the, <laughs> no, like truly, like, like they've come to me completely a milkless tip, you know, like there's no, they're no, of no use to me, but they're 1 million percent the right person for me. Mm-hmm. So that's always been my theory behind that is what can you bring in terms of you? You know, I need you because we're in the business of people. So being in the business of people, I need people, you know, so that's, that's always been, I can teach, I can teach good florists. I can make you a good florist. Or at least a good copier. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can make you something, but you can't teach common sense and you can't teach manners and all of those sorts of things. People skills and passion. Oh, you just, and, you yeah. can't, you know, passion. And I think as well, because I've always worked on the bench and always like worked the business, people that have come into the business know that and they come because they want to work with you. They don't want to just work under you. And everybody that's ever worked for me over the years, they know that they're always going to somehow be in my shadow because they're working for me. But it's no different to that woman who barked at me in Hermes all those years ago. She worked for Hermes. It's not her own bag. She didn't stitch it. She didn't design it, you know? So, yeah, I think for me, it's about once I found those people, then I just had to empower those people. So, you know, like those pain in the ass clients that will only ever speak to you, I would say, oh, hey, doll, nice to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put you on the phone to such and such because she knows everything you love. She knows everything you hate. She knows just what you want and she's going to take care of you. Okay. Yeah. Bye, doll. You know, and that's it. Job done. I never have to speak to that woman again, ever. And 
I talk about this all the time because we work with people who are just bringing people into their businesses for the first mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about they're like, if you believe that they're crap and you believe they're not good yep. enough and you believe that they're not going to do your clients justice, then mm-hmm. how the hell are you ever going to be able to pass your workload on? And so it's all about yep. like, I love that. It's all about like bringing them in and empowering them to actually to actually be able to take on that workload. And if yep. you believe in them enough and you convince your clients to believe in them enough, mm. then they're also A, going to believe in themselves. Of course. But Ben, yes. you've hired people who are confident AF anyway, because that's the kind of brand that you are. Yep. Yep. As you've hired the right people, the skills come. Yeah. And I said, just a few months ago, I had someone who sent me a really, really curt email actually about, oh, we'd prefer just to deal with you. And I was like, I'd prefer not to deal with you because you've now disrespected me and the team member who you spoke to this morning by coming directly to me. I employ her because she's incredible. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to disrespect my team member, you do not belong in my business. You know, like yes. it, it's about like, and I always used to say that to my team. It's just like one rule one, don't lie to me. Because if there's a situation, I need to know the truth. Tell me the truth and I will fix it for you. Don't lie to me, but I will always have your back. So, like, if there was ever a situation, I I remember a situation actually where there was a customer who was really aggressive to one of my team and she was really politely trying to lead them out of the shop and just, you know, be like, you need to go kind of thing. And, you know, I basically sauntered out from the back room and I was like, I don't know what part of any of that you've misunderstood, but you need to fuck off. You know, like, uh, and I literally got this woman out of the shop and it wasn't until after that, that I actually found out what on earth actually happened and what was going on because I completely trusted that if one of my team was getting someone out of my shop, then that person had to leave, you know, like that was totally, yeah. So like, yeah. So it's like, you want to bring people on that at that level who you can relate with. I think it was Richard Branson that said, if you treat your people right, they'll treat your customers right. Yeah. As well. And it's if you, they know that, that you've got that fierce, like, you know, papa bear protection that, mm-hmm. like, I've got your back 24 7, I'm 110% there for you. Yeah. They're going to go all out for you too, you know? One, one million percent. And that's the thing. It's just like, you know, I can think of, you know, years ago, back in the days when I had stuff, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so topic still. Yeah, yeah, still, still raw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we had this great year and we'd made so much money and it was literally just like three of us that had just been going gung-ho, right? And I took them both, as soon as we finished on New Year's Eve, on the 31st of December, we boarded a flight and we went to Amsterdam and Paris for a week. Business class, five-star, all expenses, like literally didn't lift a finger, like, because I said to them, I was like, if I was to give you a bonus of money right now, all you would do is you, you know, spend on something that you, yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd put new tires on your car, you would do something for kids or, you know, you would do something for the house or whatever. No, 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 none of that. Because when you work as hard as we do and, you know, you, you want a reward, I was like, so what can we do together as a team and just enjoy life, you know, and have an experience together? And I tell you what, I remember my husband was, I know, my husband at the time. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> new ones now. Oh god! Um, I remember my husband at the time telling me I'm mental and that this is a total waste of money. And I was like, Nah, babes. Like I was like, Trust me on this. That I will now have these girls forever. You know what I mean? Like they still work for you? Uh, they did. You know, like Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's you know it's uh, and it's just like. 
it's a fine line. It's a fine line to walk because you have to balance between I am your boss, you are my friend. Uh, and that can definitely be a bit of a juggling act. But I think it just comes down to mutual respect. It, it, I, I 100% respect yeah. like the whole way because I'm friends with my team as well. And so I totally, yeah. And we even have little emojis. Like we use the little cowboy emoji because it's hat and we call it friend hat. And so we kind of specify when we're being friends and when we're being family. But what I, I love about that is I think my entire team just quit to come and apply for Matthew Landers. Um, mm, so was, <laughs> no job's going at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. So your business right now, mm. how does it look for you? Like what does your role in the business look like right now? Right now, literally swatting around. I am in the most incredible position at the moment because I you know, have people chasing me and I'm like, no. Nah. You know, I, I can't be bothered. You know, I'm not any more ever again going to take on a job or work that doesn't bring me joy. Like I just cannot do it anymore. So there's plenty of work that will bring me joy, but I have had absolute delight in saying no to people being like, no, I'm so sorry. I'm fully booked. I can't do that. You know, like beautiful stage of business to arrive at. Look, to be honest, it's just like, you know, yeah, it's more life I think than anything else. Cause I remember waking up this year sort of early on in the year, going through that whole new year, new me kind of thing and thinking, God, can I be on the mouse wheel like this for another year? And then thinking, no, no, I actually can't, you know, and, and then wondering what the hell my life would look like um, if I wasn't on the mouse wheel. And I think that it, you, you, you never know, you know, you, you don't know. It's just like you, you don't know what childbirth is going to be like until it, it, it's literally happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what sex feels like until it, it has happened. Do you know, like all of these things that we don't know. And then, you know, some things we go, oh, that's not for me. And then some things we keep going back for more. You know, it's just like, can't make a decision based on unknown. You know, it, it literally, you just have to roll the dice sometimes. And I think that even at startup level, you know, like, a lot of it really is literally just rolling the dice. And I... Oh, yeah. You don't know I anything at startup level. No, <laughs> you don't know anything. And what I often think about is just like, how much would you piss up the wall? You know, like, wh- what would you piss up the wall? Like, if you went to the casino, would you happily put 500 bucks down? And if you lost it, you just walk away. That's how I honestly think about business. And that's like, when I started my business, I had 10 grand. And I thought, right, I've got 10 grand. If it goes tits up, tough. 10 grand I can pay back. It might take me two years, but I can pay back 10 grand on an average wage. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, what it is. It's just like if you want to invest a quarter of a million dollars at startup level, it's just like, it's a big piss up the wall, big piss, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like you just got to work out what your piss up the wall is. How much yeah. is it worth? How much is it worth? That's, that's what it is. To, how much are you willing to risk? risk. And yeah, and I think yeah. that you're just entering this new this new stage of business and life where the the thing that you're risking now, the money doesn't even matter. I think you're no. with me on this. It, the, the joy is more important than the money. And I think yeah. that's a lesson you, and anyone listening, mm-hmm. you will be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Until you get there, right? Until you get there. And it's funny because, you know, until like, I remember when I announced on social media last month that I was closing the retail stores. And of course, you know, everyone's got their opinion and everyone wants to come to you being like, I can help, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, babes, it's done. You know, the book's closed. I've already closed the chapter. And there was this one person that came to me who I previously respected until this moment because they were offering me all this unsolicited advice about things that I couldn't, could do and could do in the future. And I thought, no, nah, because 
You've come up with all this advice and the one thing that you've done is assume that you actually know me and that they assumed that it was all about the money. Money, yeah. And it wasn't. And it wasn't actually until that moment and I was so deeply hurt by the way that they'd put it to me because it was so money-oriented and I thought, wow, I didn't even know that about myself, that like when I got into the business, it wasn't to make tons of money. It wasn't. It never was. It was never about the money and never has been about the money. The money comes because I'm bloody good. You know, like the money just comes. It's the money natural. will always come. It will yeah. always come, babe. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's just like, you just have to have that belief. And you know what? Even if it didn't come, I would have no shame. And that's the thing. It's like, because people often say to me, they're like, what would you do with your Instagram followers? Like they're very loyal and they're all very, very Perth-based. And it's like, well, they're not going anywhere. They're here for me. Like, you know, a number of them are here for the pretties and stuff like that. But most of them are here for me. So, like, if I went tits up and then was pushing shopping trolleys at Woolies, it's not like I would just disappear. Mm. I would still be there being like, Dale, just in the car park down at um, Quinana Hub, pushing a trolley or two, you know, like, just keep it real, you know. Like, there's no shame at all. And I feel like there's so much stigma attached to things like liquidation, bankruptcy, failure, words like that. And people, I think, get so scared about starting a business at the risk of that, you know, the risk of that failure. And it's like, well, the reality is, is those things are there in business to also protect you as the entrepreneur or the business owner or the startup or whatever, you know, like, yeah, okay, some of them might have some consequences or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like, it would be a real shame if more entrepreneurs and startups didn't take that sort of first step and that leap to actually get going. I think worst failure would be sitting on your deathbed wondering, mm-hmm. like, if you could have done more. What if? Do you know? What like, if? I think yeah. that would be far worse. Like, my dad went bankrupt when I was quite young. And do you know what? Lived a great life. Mm. The worst thing in the world. Went to nice schools. You know, we had to rent everything. Like, yeah, you know, like now I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to look after them. But, like, we still did everything we needed to do. Like, and I think you're so right. They we, we paint bankruptcy and you write liquidation and yep. even like the closing of retail stores, people will have, you know, like you said, their opinions and their thoughts. Oh, of course. No one's living it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like the feeling that you have right now of that freedom and that joy and that like happiness and that connectedness, you can't buy that, you know? And so that's so important to prioritize. One million percent. It's so important to think, you know, like it, you look at how many marriages end in divorce, right? It didn't stop them from getting married because they were in love at the time. Mm. So it's the same with business. It's just like, you know, are you a starter or are you a stayer? Because I'm definitely a starter where I have great ideas. I'm really able to motivate people, get an idea and a product off the ground and get things going. But then I get bored as batshit after a few years, I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not a stayer. Whereas like a stayer would be someone that's, you know, worked in a government job, same role for their entire working life. They're a stayer. They're just a worker bee, more than happy, completely fulfilled in their life. But it's like, what are you? What do you fall into? Because if you're a starter and you're really good at all that sort of stuff, that's great. Start your thing, but know that your lifespan of your, you know, how long that can hold your attention is a year, two years, three years, five years, have an exit strategy from the beginning. Mm. So what's next for Matthew Landers? Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'm in this holding pattern at the moment of like, okay, like made some tough choices this year. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it out until the end of this year. 
you know, and just sort of like just see coast. Yeah, I'm just going to coast along. I'm just going to coast along and see where I'm at because I I feel like I just, yeah, I've really reached that point in my life where it's like whatever I do it just has to bring me joy. I have to wake up every morning and want to get out of bed and want to go to work. And I think that that's really important. And I feel like a lot of people that start businesses, especially, you know, at our age as well, you know, might've had a corporate career in the past and then they go, I'm going to start my business because I really feel like it's going to fill up my cup. That's what you have to do because you are waking up every morning and you don't want to be a lawyer anymore. You want to sell greeting cards and that's what you need to do, you know? So yeah, I think, that that's sort of also where I'm at is that like, is this what I want to wake up every morning and do? I'm not sure. But for now, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after a tumultuous two years, like you've had, you know, it can be hard. You can lose passion pretty like, you know, when shit gets hard, I mean, you've been in business a long time. Shit gets hard often. Yeah. It doesn't get hard for two years often. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think, and it's two years also when you think about it without a break. Yeah. Two years without a break. Like, no holidays. There was, no, there was nothing. There was no holidays. There was nothing. There was no Amsterdam. There was no Paris. There, there was, was no, none of that. There was no MS. There was none of that. None of it. None of it, babes. And I feel like it's just, you know, living in that period has definitely, you know, given me the humility as well to be able to walk away from situations that I yeah. no longer want to be in. So... Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I I look at this as a good thing. I look at it as a good. A lot of people. I've had people come up to me over the last few weeks, just hugging me, being like, "I'm so sorry." I'm like, "What the fuck for?" This is actually a really good thing for me. You should be like, "Oh, you look really good. You look really happy." You know, like I uh, was yeah. so rested. Yeah. yeah, you look like you've slept this year. Yeah. So, um, um but you know, I I really you know hope that a lot of people out there that especially are sort of in that real startup stage where you're sort of planning and trying to discover where your place in the industry is, it really just comes down to that commitment going, I know that this is my place in the industry. This is exactly the pocket I belong in. This is exactly how much I charge. This is how much I'm worth. And this is how long it's going to take me to make a profit. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that last piece of advice there. We will wrap this up. But um, if you haven't, guys, got your hands on a bunch of Matthew Landers flowers. I had my first bunch delivered from a, some my team members a couple of months oh, ago. Oh, I saw that. I remember. Oh, yes. Babe. And I was like, this is the difference. I felt it. I was like, I was absolutely <laughs> like, oh, oh, my goodness. <sighs> like, it was, you know, so if you haven't, guys, Go and do yourselves a favour. It was that textured envelope, wasn't it? It was. You know what? It was the textured envelope. It's the box and it's Mm. the... It's, you know, it's it's all of it. The gold foiling and all the goodies. Oh, my God, yeah. babe. Like, it's, you know, and if you guys, you remind me so much of, we don't, we do. It's very, very opposite. But that book, you know, Samantha Will's book, I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but, um you know, it's a, kind of a similar situation. She, like, got all these really beautiful boxes and that was what ended up putting her on the market was, like, yeah. she went for that higher-end luxury packaging mm-hmm. and then eventually she shut her business down because it didn't bring her joy. So, very similar story. Yeah. But, you know, and I just think, guys, if you haven't had a look at Matthew Landers, like, please go and follow. Such an incredible account and, and do yourself a favor and order yourself a bunch or order someone you love a bunch. But where can they find you? Believe it or not, it's MatthewLanders.com. Oh, <laughs> weird. So I know. We're, we're a surprise. Surprise. Yeah. And, and the Instagram account, I'm assuming, is Matthew Landers. Yeah. Chuck yeah. Me, just that's what I always think. It's like when I, when I, meet someone new or I find someone new I never bother looking at their website or anything like that I follow them on socials because I want to get to know them yeah Do you know what I mean like I want to know them watch their stories learn about their product learn about them and that's yeah that's where you'll find me 
Oh, well, beautiful. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks for having me, Steph. Love that. Today. Um, Guys, if you are listening along, we would love it if you could take a screenshot of this episode, tag us both on social media and let us know what your favorite thing was. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is 497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.